What's going on? Welcome to KZ1023's Community Beat, a new podcast hosted by myself, Ross Martinez. Each episode, we take a deep dive look into members of our community, the accomplishments, the trauma, the mentors, all of it. I hope this brings light to all the great things going on in our community. Yes, at times, it may be difficult to hear, and some episodes will have some spicy language, but please don't be deterred. There's so much beauty in our stories. All right, let's get to KZ's Community Beat. Thank you for listening. I'm not trying to belittle you or down you or make anybody feel any kind of way. I'm just trying to get a chuckle. Yeah. Get a lot. Laughter is one of the best medicines other than sex, bro. Um, What's going on? Welcome into another episode of KZ1023's Community Beat. I am your host, Ross Martinez. This week, Eddie P is my guest. Break down who Eddie P is for me. The breakdown of who I am or what I am or what I do or whatever, I could put it that way. I've been in the same amazing relationship with the beautiful uh, Emma Bailey Parker. Mm-hmm. My wife's a nurse. And she's like a genius, man. And I'm saying I'm telling you about her because if it wasn't for her, I definitely wouldn't be who I am. And other women and people in my life as well. But I'm only saying that to say the life I have and who I am and what I get to be is because my wife allows me to be who I get to be for us. She props you up. Absolutely. Because a woman, according to what the word tells us, and I mean the Bible, people confused by what that is. It says it's a helpmate. Once your mother... You know, you off the bosom of your mother, then the woman that takes that place is your wife. Yeah. And that's just what it is. And if people don't believe in God in the Bible, okay, so be it. That's their thing. They deal with that and, and, and when it's time to send them. But I'm saying because of her, I am who I am because I was, it was a time, man. Like, I lost my mom 20 years ago, man. My, my dad just, yeah, peace and blessings. My dad just been, he been gone like uh, my biological father, who I get my namesake from, he been gone eight years now. So, I'm just saying that to say, like you were saying, losses and stuff. Trust and believe, man. I, my brother was murdered eight years ago. My mm. stepdad, dad, and brother was all died in the same year. Like, literally months apart. Like, boom, boom, Traumatic boom. Year. And you're talking about, like, this is 2014. Yeah. And you're talking about, like, because of who Ed Parker is and, and who I was becoming. It's like, you know, I, I haven't had the greatest relationship with, with all my kids. You know what I'm saying? Ain't no reason to try to sugarcoat and act like I'm something that I ain't. The guy I am now ain't who I was 25 years of ago. Of course not. You know what I'm saying? You, and if I am, something wrong. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Something seriously wrong. You know what they say? Slow motion better than no motion. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so I'm saying this, like I said, to the, to the wife thing. I, I always give credit to my wife. My wife just turned 54 yesterday. <gasps> So her, her, and, and 54 years young, man, she's five years older than me. So it's, it's crazy because we always she joke around. <laughs> I say I say I was hanging with the fellows when she was five years old. <laughs> hey, with that said, welcome into another episode of KZ1023's Community Beats. I'm Ross Martinez. Thank you so much for tuning in. Alongside of me, this episode is Eddie Parker, Ed Parker. We've been talking off the mic. You got a lot going on. Comedian, you do uh, security detail, X, Y, Z. We're going to get to all this. All right. But the main thing with the KZ community beat is we are taking it. Look, therapeutic session in a way of people in the community that are doing things. Where you come from, wherever you go, whatever going on, there's a story behind it. Yes, and sir. I want to get to know it. So you've dealt with a lot of trauma, as we were just talking oh, about right man. now. Man, I mean, like I said, like the loss of loved ones and stuff. I, I thank God that my granny passed prior to COVID because hmm. she was going through, you know, she was 84, 85, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was 2019. And it's a history, it's a family history of, uh, of like, uh, Mental illness, man. You know what I mean, and that's a, a serious, that's a serious thing. And this is the thing, man. And I, I'm a you like you say, you say take the gloves off of, in the black community. 
Yeah, please do. Come and on. the black community and anybody that knows I'm talking about this, when we have issues of special needs people or people that have like some real darkness and stuff, we tend to throw that stuff in the closet. I don't know if that's the right term or we whatever it is. Yeah, it's yeah. like we got this. It's our family. We'll take care of it. But then when that person gets out of the closet, I don't, once again, I don't know if that's the no, term. Yeah. Well, but once the, it's when, those, light. when it's come, when yeah. it come out, when it come out, then people are like, oh, wait a minute. You supposed to do this. And why you let them do this? And it's a blame game. Yeah. When it's like, dude, we could have went and got therapeutic sessions for this a long time ago. It's a lot of grown kids right now that got that 12-year-old in them that was abused yeah. that's still, like, freaked out about every little thing. And it's like handling love Absolutely. They don't even get it, man. Because you're afraid to get on the couch to talk to a white person. They got black therapists, too. Yeah. <laughs> you know well, you know, that's the funny thing. Because the first time I went to therapy, mm-hmm. it was with the older white lady. That's the one that they had available. And it was very hard for me to even come to terms with her understanding certain cultural aspects Absolutely. of my struggle. Absolutely. As a Mexican man, there's certain things that I just inherently you'll know. Yeah. As a black man, yeah. you yes, have similarities yes, into how yes, the world views you. Yes, sir. Yeah. So I remember I went to a white lady, then a black dude, and then I finally landed on an older Mexican man. Gotcha. And he understood the struggle. Absolutely. And he got the nuances Absolutely. of things. And it's dope that I'm now starting to meet and interact with community members of minorities yes, and that are, are actively Focusing on mental health. Right, right. And so I, what are ways you focus on mental health in yourself? I'm a, man, I'm going to tell you, man, what I do, because I am a comedian and all that, dude, I have a weird sense of humor on I make light of things and make fun of it, man. Because if you can laugh at yourself, then don't bother you when someone else does. You know what I mean? That's my mm-hmm. whole thing on it. It's like if you mm-hmm. say, oh, like as a kid, I talked a lot. I talked, I was talking, talking, talking. And my uncle, the one who taught me martial arts, Grandmaster Jackson Parker, we'll get into that part in the session yeah, in a bit. But he said, I got to teach this kid how to fight because if I don't, he talk a lot of mess. Smart yeah, buddy. <laughs> and not even, a, not even a way like that. I just was, I was the type of person where my stepdad, even if we didn't have homework or stuff after school, he made us to read the dictionaries. He made us read encyclopedias. And really? as a kid, as a kid, dude, you know, that's like, dude, I'm ready to go outside, play with my friends. But he made us read. And I thank God for it now because, dude, this stuff on Jeopardy, I'll be like, how the heck do I know that? You know what I mean? Yeah, because it's that, 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 that from reading, like reading is important, man. Education and all that. Everybody want to say, ah, you, nowadays you got these influencers and everything else with social media. I get it. I respect it. They getting their grind on. But we come from an era where you had to put in the work to get it. Nowadays, Mm -hmm. people get instant success because of accidents or mistakes or just some silly little moment and it's like boom and it's more poverty you know what i'm saying it's just it's hard for people like me because i'm almost 50 you know what i'm saying to see someone do things like that when it's like wow we had that back then but then when you think about it who knows it could have cost you a lot more issues for having those things you know what i mean But, but but did that but answer your question like you was asking how i deal with drama and death and this bad things in general man i make light of it and make fun of it man it's Mm -hmm. a so it's easier that way yeah there's a time where you got to take those serious moments and really cry let that crap out because if you don't i'm from an era once again where men wasn't allowed to cry boys get up you little sissy you know what i mean that's Mm -hmm. how i was man i had military background family members law enforcement all that these dudes as tough as nails so wasn't that boohoo ain't no emotions man they call you something you know i ain't gonna say nothing because you know how to i ain't gonna use those terms but you know you you got made fun of and so if you couldn't stand on your own and do what you had to do then you was always that part oh they go to cry baby they go to bombers boy and stuff like that so you had to 
live with that until you realize and finally figure out who am I, what am I going to do, and how am I going to be different. And I just always the one that made yeah. people laugh all the time. I was always the guy that. Now, hey, let me ask you this, man. Did you find it detrimental having to handle your own mental health while also in the dating world? Oh, dude. Because oh. we see that a lot in men. Oh, and, and you know what? That's a great question because the thing is this. You have to find someone that's compatible with your crazy. You know what I mean? <laughs> that's it, man. That's yes. it. That's it. You got you to gotta be like. We all got bad. Oh, dude, everybody. No one's coming in the game with or without something from their past. That's inhumanly possible. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And maybe you have less than the other person. But also, you can't make their pain less than your pain because a person's pain is their pain. You know what I'm saying? If that Ooh. makes sense. If that makes now, sense. How- Oh, that that's a great point. Because how do you, if, if you're going through your own stuff, absolutely. right, you have to address that. But at the same time, when you're also involved with somebody, they're also going through things. And, and excuse me, the balancing of that, right. uh, this is my self-identity, this is our identity, and this is our trauma with our own individual trauma. So, so think what a chick always tell you. My ex did this and my ex did that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And you be like, so don't do that because you remind me of him. Like, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> you you said, talking about yeah, him. Yeah, I dated yeah, him. Yeah, you said the guy punched you in the face. I ain't never did nothing like yeah. that. But the things you said is reminding me that you might try to do it. I'm like, oh, hold on, baby. You got me messed up. Yeah. So you're dealing with that. Then you, as a guy, where the woman be like, you share some darkness with her that happened in your past, and then they use it as a weapon against you. Oh, you're supposed to be a man. Blah, blah, blah. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. dealing with those things, man, you have to. I'm telling you, man, my number one thing was if I was going to date anybody, you had to believe in God. I'm just that was just mm. it. That was the that was the red flag. That was like, if you didn't, I, I, how can you convince an adult to believe in something that they never was taught to believe in? Not that you can't. But to have the same understanding that you have in some invisible person in the cloud, so to speak. You know what I mean? Because yeah. if I'm trying to tell you, man, oh, you talk to her and you tell her you've been through some rough stuff. And she's like, well, how'd you deal with all that? Because my faith tells me that even though I can't see it, there's a bright light in at the end of the tunnel. And if they ain't never was raised like that, uh, that you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's a hard, convincing thing. The book, the book tell us unevenly yoked. Don't get someone that don't. So that's so that's one of those things. So if you if if I believe in okay, it's like trying to convince somebody that the sky is blue and they're colorblind. They don't see what you see. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's found. That's the best way I could put it, man. So so to answer your question, dealing with with uh, uh, trauma and things in your past, and then finding somebody that you can find compatible and stuff like that. It's not easy, man. And today, everybody influenced by social media. That's why I thank God I've been with the same woman almost 20 years, man. 20 years now? Yeah. You ain't see that nowadays. No, heck no, man. You barely see somebody. I was just looking out like, quote, memes, but they have memes, like mm. 90s and the 80s or 80s, 90s, and how people courted in, like, the first date type stuff. We know what they doing now. Oh, no. It's you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's hello, yeah. hello. Yeah, 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 right, 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 right. <laughs> what are you eating tonight? <laughs> well, it's like, I, do you feel like our society is now deprived? of that intimacy or like it's, it's I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say bit. I wouldn't say intimacy I'll give you a quick story yeah. my granny I remember my granny I said grandma when you met Papa, you know what I'm saying how did y'all you know she he was military she was like one of those assistant nurse type ladies for the military base and stuff he said he courted me and I'm like, court? She mm. said, yeah, with slow gin. I said, slow gin? Yeah, it's gin you sip real slow because yeah. if you don't, because it was like the guy have a flask and he go, hey, you're a nice looking lady. Can I take you out for, you know, something eating? He took a little swig and that's what they did. Uh, it was not that they was alcoholics or nothing like that. I don't know about no, thinking. Like, like courage. Absolutely. It was just a thing where the guy's like, okay, here we go. But I'm saying court, the courtship concept, it's like, 
that's almost a thing of the past, man. You know what I'm saying? Because these people is on TikTok and Snapchat and all Facebook this. and all these things. And they, and they like Chappelle said best, man. That place is not real. We think about it. Think about it. You even if you if you do or do, I got Facebook. I don't looked at the history of when they always pop up and say you've been on Facebook for ten years. You've been on Facebook each time, right? And they show stuff from when you first started. The person that I first post stuff compared to now, oh. I'm a I'm I got gray hairs in my beard and stuff, <laughs> and I don't look the same. I gain weight and everything, but everything <laughs> that's consistent about me is I mainly post about birthdays and positive energy. I never oh. got on there like when someone friends of mine because I'm in a martial arts world, friends that put something on there. Oh, did you see the UFC fight? And then they have a bunch of people bad mouth and talking crazy about the other fighter. I don't I don't I don't condone that stuff, man. You surround I, yourself with positivity. It's, it's a part of the the universe of fighting. Of course, you're going to have your favorite fighter. And if the guy loses, the other guy's a scumbag because that's how you feel about the other guy. You don't want your guy to lose. That's what it is. But it's just people get so caught up in so the, the bad of everything. Like the, they say, the process of grieving, the first part of grieving is blame. Someone's going to get the blame. And it might not be you, but it might be another person. But the thing is, and I tell you this, and anybody that know me to hear this and know, I always say, what's the you factor in every situation in your life? And the you factor is this. What did you do or didn't do that caused this to happen? Because you could easily say, well, the guy cussed me out and I just walked, punched him in the face. Yeah, he did. But did it take that? Did it take that? Couldn't you just cuss him back or just say, you know what? I'm sorry you feel this way. I didn't cause this. Peace be with you. And you side item while you walk away just in case. <laughs> you know, just in case. So it's, it's taking ownership of the situation. You have to, man. Because we not, all have a dude, little something in every we situation. You have to, man. You, you could have been too nice to somebody. That's a possibility. I was, you lend somebody some money and then you say, hey man, I need this back at such such date. That date come, they only got half of it. Yeah. So then you just like, yo man, what's up? Why didn't you have all my money? And then you can go one way or the other. Then it could be a learning example of, okay, then I know not to lend this person money ever again. But the concept is, don't be mad if a person doing what they do, that they always do and always done. They weren't responsible with their own money in the first place, so you had to lend them money. Always expect people to be people. That's it. If you all trust, trust to say trust half of what you hear and any, none of what you see or some fools just like that. I don't know how them call. I'll be messing quotes up, man. But I'm saying that I don't believe in that type of stuff. It's a you factor in everything that you do in this universe, man. So how about this? Do you also what do you think about this? There's five people you meet in your life, in your Ooh. journey that have deep impact. on Ooh, you. Do you yeah. believe that's an accurate statement? That, that and even deeper than that, it's like that that circles concept I was talking about earlier mm-hmm. when we was when it was offline, off air. The circle thing is your inner circle. It's so many people that's in your inner circle, the outer circle, and then the universe. You know what I'm saying? And that's kind of along with that five people, the five most influential people in your life. Hands down, some people would say, oh, well, God, because that's their their mindset because of their faith and religion and stuff. Okay, cool. You're supposed to have a personal relationship with God. That's the thing people don't understand. It's like, yeah, we have ourselves as we believe in faith and Christianity or some things like that as an insurance policy. You know, you don't really check on your policy, but from time to time, it reminds you. Right. It's good. In case. Just in case. Right. Just in case. But really, that should be more of a, this is what it is. Every day I wake up. And sometimes I forget to pray and thank God for what the things, but I try to make it a habit of going back and say, I did this or I did that. Please, God, forgive me. You know what I'm saying? I know I could have said this different. I could have had a kinder word or a nicer gesture or something like that. Because once again, accountability. Once you understand who you are and what you are, no one can sway that. So back to Mm -hmm. those five unoffensive people. Whoever those people are in your life, they should be people that's going to help uplift you to push you to be a better person. And that might change over a period of time. It might be these five, then it might be another five. You know what I'm saying? As time progresses. Yeah. So 
And like I said, one of the ones, and hands down, everybody know this that know me, is my uncle, Grandmaster Dexter Parker, the one who taught me martial arts. He started training me when I was four years old, man. Been in the art. I'm, I'll be 50 in 2024. I'll be 49 this coming so February. So 46 years of life. I've been in the martial arts, man. It's not a time I don't remember not being in the art, man. And the thing is, I've been blessed to travel the world, man. I've been out of the really? country. I've competed in places where people talk all this rah-rah about, you know, I'm a fighter and blah, blah, blah. Okay, I believe it. But <laughs> when you're in Thailand, those cats fight for food, not for fame. It's a different mindset, man. It's a different starvation. It's a different mindset. So if they lose, it's like they failing their family and a lot of other people instead of just they self. And so yeah, it's huh. different, man. It's a different mindset. You go to the motherland yeah. and see how they. It's so many things. I, I mean, dude, we don't have to do this again. Trust me, because oh, it's just gonna be. We, we got time, but we, I've been finding in all these conversations that I dig deep enough yes, to dig deeper. Absolutely, and I feel like that's the relationship I'm Absolutely. starting to have with God and all yes, this. Sir. So I, let me ask you this, Eddie. Yeah. You were a local kid, born and raised, Absolutely. right? So your grandfather mm-hmm. is one of the five for sure. Absolutely, but this the thing though. He's an influence because of that, but the, he's no longer here. And the crazy part about it is I never met him. I just know. I, that's the reason why he is. He was an influence in that fight because he was a military man. Oh. See what I'm saying? So that's why I was telling you. It's because when you hear who this guy was, and I'm looking at that picture of my grandma. I'm pointing, by the way, for people in the studio. I'm pointing to the wall like the picture <laughs> up there. Yeah. Go to Granny Crib. It's that old color picture that almost looked black and white. And yeah. it's military. Tall, strong, black guy, military guy. And I'm like. That's, and he looked like me because I could see the resemblance. And I, he got to be kid to me because that nose, you know, the Negro nose. It's, just, it's right there. It's right there. So, so yeah. So, my grandpa, uh, George Parker. And uh, so, it's one of them things where I look up there and I'm like, they telling me this guy was some great war hero from Korean War and, and World War II. And it's just like, I never met him. He passed, if I'm not mistaken. I don't want to say the wrong dates, but right prior to me being born. I think my mom was pregnant with me or something like mm-hmm. that. So it's like one of those things where when you know those people and understand those people and who they were for the family and the sacrifices and stuff they made, that's a lot to live up to, man. Of and course. as a kid, as a kid, you don't know nothing but what you was taught. So if I knew my granddad was military and my dad was military and uncles was military, of course that's what I want to do because I want to be a hero like them. You know what I'm saying? And it wasn't a black thing because – you don't know black or white until ignorant people start putting those quotes into your brain. You know what I mean? If you got a white kid, black kid, Mexican kid, Asian kid in a sandbox, they all going to be kids until somebody's like, what are those kids playing with each other for? You're supposed to be with your yeah. own kind. If you tell you no, you know, that's what the, that's the foolishness that we deal with in Can society. Can you pinpoint when that happened in your life where it transitioned from you just living to you understanding that, oh, you're a black kid? I'm going to tell you, man. So when my mom and my stepdad got married, I was 12 years old. And they dated kind of like, I don't want to say in secret, from 10 to 12. I was, I was a man in the house from 7, from seven to 10 because my mom and my biological father was there for seven years of my life. He went on remarried. She was remarried. But my mom was a devoted Christian woman, and she was with that bunch of men coming in and out and all of that stuff. So from 10 to 12, like I said, she kind of like secretly was dating this dude. And I knew because when we went to spend a night on the weekend in the hood with my aunties and cousins and stuff like that, oh, mom must be on a date. But it was the same person. And I saw that same car pick her up and all that. But she kept it like that where it's like until she was safe and felt that I can bring this guy around the until kids and stuff. she knew he was going to be consistent. A- absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. So we moved out there by Pleasant Valley Grade School. So this is before it was a lot of African-Americans out there. It was kids getting busted in from time to time, but I went to Pierre Christian and Limestone and, P- and Pleasant Valley. And so moving in that neighborhood is funny because my stepdad's father had owned the house in that community, and I think it had got like 
it was just abandoned for a while. And we had to go out there one summer. We cut the grass, repainted the house, put new doors on it, fixed the whole house all the way up. And I saw the neighbors in the community, doors is open, garages is up, all that stuff. And white people, hey, how you doing? You know what I'm saying? Thinking we just the people that's fixing the house up in Cascado. As soon as I saw that, that, that as soon as that uh, U-Haul truck pulled up and we moved in, I seen the garage doors go down, the doors closed, and people was friendly when they went to the mailbox, but that was about it. You get where I'm coming with the yeah. thing, where I start realizing, what's that all about? You know what I'm saying? We, I'm nice, friendly, kind. Hello. I know how to speak the Queen's English properly. Hello, my name's Ed Parker. Nice to meet you. And so, madam, ma'am, sir, all that stuff. And then so the light came on, like you said. When did I realize? It's like, oh, I get this because we black. And so I was like, but I never thought like that because where I lived at and where my best friends and stuff, Jack Guest, give me a shout out, Jack. He lived on the other side of the overpass where more the people had more money, so to speak. And everybody out there was well off for the most part. Don't get me wrong, Caterpillar, county jail officers, stuff like that. But when I used to walk across the bridge, I remember sometimes when I came back in the evenings, because you know the sunlight, you know, the, the street light. That street light still was yeah, out there in the county. Yeah, if so, you went back, you missed uh, yeah, dinner. Oh, yeah, you canceled Christmas, absolutely. <laughs> well, no microwave, you got it when it was yeah. hotter. That was it, Jack, you know what I'm saying? So I'm running across the bridge, and somebody had spurred out the N-word, get back on your side of the bridge, N-word. And I'm like, okay, Jack. And they're just like, my name's not Jack, and my name's not N-word. <laughs> and so that's how I was raised. To yeah. talk like you can use whatever evil terminologies and stuff. It's like calling a fat kid fat. He didn't just wake up fat. I don't experience yeah, it. Like, oh my life. goodness, I'm fat. <laughs> oh, are you kidding me? No, this can't be. Get out of here, man. Hey, man, like, you don't know my journey. <laughs> <laughs> this is my story. Right, 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 right. But look, take me through this. Like, because mentally, there that has to be a switch. The first time you experience racism in understanding, whoa, I'm not valued the same as I thought I was. Right. And, and what also even changed with that was once I became one of the key basketball players and kids in the neighborhood that was friendly to everybody, it was like I wasn't just the black kid, Ed. I'm Ed. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, so it, it, you were Ed, then you were the black kid Ed. Yeah. And you're like, oh, it's Ed Parker. Yeah, there you go. That's so it. mentally, how is that? You're, you're and, transitioning three different times. And my nickname was Fresh. And I'm going to tell you about this because everybody going to get to hear this. They used to call me Fresh. And because I always had a fresh pair of J's on, I was a shoes person. That was my thing. Once. But when fresh pair, when 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 Fresh Prince of Bel Air came and became popular, well, I'm from an era where if you got somebody else's nickname, then you biting. Yeah. But I was fresh before him because that was no TV back then. You dig uh, what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, but I, that's that's when Eddie Eddie P was born. That's that's my nickname as a comedian and all the other stuff. So he kind of I was just like Eddie then, and then as I became a Professional comic and all that Eddie P the Kung Fu comic and all that stories behind that too. But we'll get into that. Yeah, we'll that's how that. that's how Eddie came. But like I said, the whole transition was when you realize that you was the black kid that people like. For instance, I remember going to Pleasant Valley, getting picked on the basketball team. I didn't really play basketball that well. I'm being honest. I'm gonna be real as I can. I didn't. But they thought because I was black, he should be able to play basketball. Oh, you he, see, he could dunk. Right. And I could in grade school, true. <laughs> but, but, but you know, like that's a good story. Yeah, right, right, right. But you know what I'm saying? Like stuff like that, man. Yeah. It was like those type of things. I had a paper route back in the days when paper routes in the morning and the evening. So that's how I got to know my neighbors, the people in the community, and stuff like that. So, so you was in the community. Man, as a for kid. real, for real. Like for real. Like I was like, it was only three black families in our neighborhood the Johnsons, us, Parker Height Towers, and then the farmers 
farmers down the hill. So that was it. So everybody knew everybody, the county officers, the city cops, the people that were ambulance drivers, firemen, police officers, people that was in that community. Everybody knew everybody when you go trick-or-treating and all that other stuff. Everybody mm-hmm. knew everybody. So it wasn't like, I still got friends still to the day. Some of the people that we saw at the stage you reunion, Eddie, what's up? So, like, I've got to travel the world and see things. Some of those people kind of been stuck in the same rut all their life. You know what I mean? By their own choice, I guess, or whatever. But they see me on Facebook. Man, I see the stuff you're doing. Woo-woo. And I've been the type of guy, no matter how I'm around somebody famous or whatever, can't. I'm still the same dude I always was when I was a 12-year-old kid that grew up in a majority white neighborhood. Who taught you how to be like that? My stepdad and my biological father and my uncles and them. Those are the guys, the ones, the men that was, like I said, military martial arts guys. Those are the dudes that was just like, look, son, no matter what happened in life or what's going on, you have to be you. You can't try to be like somebody else. I'll tell you a funny story. My stepdad, I wanted to pair Air Jordans. This is like when I was in – the whole team was going to have Air Jordans for the basketball shoot. And he was just like, why you got to be like everybody else? Why can't you have your own thing? I said, man, everybody got the same shoe. I want to have the same shoe my team. He said, the shoe's going to make you play better. I was like, I don't know, maybe. I don't know. He said, why don't you get famous enough where you got your own shoes and they buy your shoes? I'm thinking, this man just ain't got enough damn money to give me the shoes. But he said, okay. We used to have chores. You know you had chores. Mm-hmm. We had chores for a whole month, though. So if you had kitchen, kitchen duty, not only do you got to wash the dishes, well, the laundry machine was in that same You had to do laundry. You had to do all Take of that. trash out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Whoever got the bathroom, full bathroom. Plus, on top of you got to keep your room clean anyway. Yeah. Whoever got the living room. I mean, that's just what it was. It taught us responsibilities to be accountable for something. So he said, if you... Beat me in a game of one-on-one, best out of three, then I'll buy you these shoes for the team. But if you lose, you got three months of chores. Three months of chores. Now, my stepdad was 5'7". When I was in eighth grade during this time for this incident, I think I was 5'11 and a half, almost six feet. I could dunk when I was 5'8". So I I, I was like, I'm finna destroy him, man. This old dude. And he was, yeah, I think I'm probably 14, 15, 13, 14. He like his late 20s, early 30s. I was like, I ain't seen this dude on no basketball court. God knows how long. I'm about to destroy this dude. We get out there. I bagged him down, did a drop step and dunked on him. Worst mistake I could have ever made in my life. Man, he hit that pole. Boom, fell back, hit his head. Oh, that's how we playing? Street rules? Man, the rest of the game, he backed me down, did so many fancy moves, jooked the heck out Give of me. Elbow. Shooting, man. He, I scored that one point, then scored another point the rest of the games, man. He destroyed. Every time he slapped my hand like that, no blood, no foul. Ain't that street rules? I'm like, he destroyed me, man. Yeah. Destroyed me. What's that teacher? So, oh, that's so okay. the story, the story. Yeah, so, let's go, let's fast go. forward, first game of the season, everything. You know, I got my same old school shoes from last year. Everybody else on the team got the team shoes. He showed up to the game. He got the team shoes for me in the back. I lost, right? But he a man, dude. He trying to teach his son that regardless of what situation, scenario, never hold your head down. You want to be like these people, I understand you could be like them, but you're not like them, Ed. You're different. You're better. In the sense of you oh, teach a kid. So he got me the shoes. I did my thing. Even dunked on somebody. You dig what I'm saying? <laughs> and it was one of them things where I kind of like realized, understood that like in life, man, life is what you make it. 
You know what I'm saying? That's on my quote on my Facebook page, a whole bunch of other stuff. You can want something, but sometimes you don't even really need what you want. You just want it because everybody else got it. You know what I'm saying? And I was teaching me, like, the moral story was that keeping up with the Jones and stuff is for the birds, man. Because if yeah. the Jones get a new car, you get a new car. The Jones get it. You know what I mean? It's just, and anybody last name Jones, no disrespect. I'm just saying. Full disrespect. No. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right, right. No, but that's, that's interesting. So in that moment, you learned self-worth. Absolutely. You learn that you need to find your own identity, mm-hmm. and then you can fit in. That's it. Find, That's it. find your crowd. You, you have to, man. You got to find your clan. We all part of the same tribe overall, but people got different clans. Yeah, you know, we all humans. Absolutely. So yeah. So, so. What, what are some? What are some life lessons other than that that you have learned while growing up in Peoria? Because like you've seen, you're born and raised. Oh you're, man. You moved into a neighborhood where you experienced racism, and then you created your own lane. Absolutely. You became. Eddie, yep. Uh, what was it fresh? Fresh, and then that changed into Eddie P. Yes, sir. So you had the moment of trying to fit in, right? Your stepfather, but no, yeah. stand out and yep. then fit in. Yep. Then you did. Yes, sir. So what are some other challenges and life lessons you learned throughout the time while living in Peoria? I mean, this is the thing. Everybody knows this. It's, this is one of those towns of the haves and haves nots, man. You either in with the in crowd or you not. And then when you realize what the in crowd is, sometimes it ain't what you think it was in the first place. You get in there and be like, this ain't no different than what I was dealing with over here. And these people respect me more so than these ones do because I'm saying you knew money. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's the thing. So, like. Once you leave, like I got the luxury of leaving because of stand-up comedy, traveling, private security and bodyguard and stuff. Once you start going places and seeing, man, everybody in the world is messed up. Everybody is. Ain't nobody no better than nobody else. It's the difference is of understanding and realizing what your purpose is. And see, that's the thing. Once you, because I've got to perform in front of people and get the energy, be behind the scenes and protect people who are performing and be in the crowd and watch people perform, it gives you a different outlook of how the life, you know, how the energy of the universe is because... We all strive for the same thing in the most part, man. People want to have a good life. Hey, most people do. You know, people who do yeah. bad and things like that. I was, I got a quote from a friend, and everybody noticed that hurt people hurt people. That ain't always the case because if you was hurt, why would you want to hurt somebody else? You attention know? for just an, for attention pretty much. Unless you was taught better than that. Yeah. Because if you smash your hand in the door, I'm like, yeah, I can't wait for somebody to go by that door. I'm smashing their hand. Like, that's some diabolical stuff. Yeah. Like, you just, so why would hurt people hurt people? They do unintentionally because they don't know no better. That's mm. the concept. You know, they don't know. If you don't know that you don't supposed to cuss people out or punch people, okay, you know this rule. Everybody knows this rule, but do people follow all the time? No. Are you supposed to hit a lady back? No. No. That's common sense. But grandma said common sense is so rare it should be a superpower. Yeah. Because if you was raised, you hit me, I'll hit you back, then that blows that right out the window. Exactly. So if, like, you know, it, when it comes to things like that and knowing who you are and your purpose and where you're supposed to be and all that stuff, and you're going to deal with problems in this world regardless of the situation, man. Regardless if you got money, don't got money. If you do, if you live in a good neighborhood or bad neighborhood, man, it's crying everywhere. It's bad things happening all the time. You just got to figure out, like we said earlier, stay in your lane. Know what you can fix and change and the things you can't. You got to delegate to other people because sometimes you might have a great idea. What's the saying is? It says the path to hell is paved with good intentions. You got good intentions to do something, but it turn around backfire on you because the people who try to help be like, I don't need you. Okay, then fine. You go right ahead and do you. So we talking blessings. We talking the journey, the road. You're a stand-up comic. 
Yeah. Was there? Did you always feel the inclination to go down the way of telling jokes? So or this, was, and like, how did you get there? So this is what happened. Even in school, man, in grade school, one of my best friends, Jeff Tupper, he was at the reunion too. So he had a bit of he gonna kick my butt for telling. He had a, <laughs> if I remember correctly, he had a bit of a speech impediment, or sometimes mm-hmm. he couldn't enunciate some words correctly. And once I told you, I learned how to talk and read earlier because of my stepdad making us read. So yeah, and I mess up stuff too. I ain't like like I don't, but because of who I was and being Mister High. How funny man you know how back in the days you used to read out loud mm-hmm. and he used to sit in front of me or behind me wanted to so if he was behind me like whoever behind you is the next reader so more or less when i knew he would have an issue with certain reading or something like that i would make fun of the situation so he wouldn't get made fun of because that's my boy put the spotlight on you absolutely it's like because but even though it got me in trouble with detentions i just he's like he'd be reading i'd be like ladies and gentlemen we are gathered here today <laughs> To read about Mr. Abraham the Lincoln. You know, you so, around to your reverend, man. And I'm just doing it. And the teacher be like, Mr. Parker, just sisters. keep it to the text. Keep it to the text. It is in the text right here in black and white. The pages is white. The words is black. Just like me. <laughs> and they and they crying, man. And he just like, that's my dude. I don't want my dude to look a certain way because of, yeah. you dig what I'm saying? And that's but was where that it comes. instilled onto you by dude, somebody else? Or did you just feel like, I got to watch out for me and mine? I, I mean, I just think that's always been my go-to. Like, no matter what the situation, if you, my dad told me if you make a man laugh, it's a less chance of him punching you in the face. <laughs> you did? Because if you laughing at me, you laughing, having a good life. You ain't think about punching me. Like, I'm a bust no. you. What? Ah, this dude's stupid. Ah, oh, come here and do this dude. No, this heck. So if I made you laugh, it let your guard down. Huh. Instead of you being like, man, I'm finna butt. And then on top of it, I was skilled with the art too, so they really didn't want to do that. Because then they're gonna really be a joke. It's gonna be a joke. To now, when, when it comes to humor, right? They mm-hmm. say all comics, it, it, it comes from some trauma. Dark it comes man. From something, oh, now right? you finna dig. You ready to dig? Oh, I worked you up, real quick. He ain't ready to dig. But so, where does that come from? Because like you, so, that's your defensive nature, right? So, so even though my my stepfather was a great man and all that stuff, he was a functioning alcoholic. So when you grow up in an environment where you see people have things like that, you know, and God, no, I love him and, and, and I'm thankful for what he gave me and the things that he did not learn elsewhere because that's how the world works. And it was times where it's drama in the household, you know what I'm saying? Not no really physically abusive, but verbal, man. And I'm going to tell you, sometimes people don't get it. If you get caught dummy and you can't and somebody talk down to you because you make a mistake and they just go from zero to 100, that that could be very critical, man, on your thought process and how you how you feel about yourself. Self esteem and thing, yeah. right. So the same person who built me up tore me down sometimes. So it's kind of like this don't make no damn sense. The duality of it is very intriguing. It is, and that's kind of where I think because of me once again who I was and how I dealt with stuff like that. I just always made light of things and laugh, man. I just try to make people laugh because I feel like if I can laugh this often, I, I'll be all right. I get through it. I got through yeah. other things, and I, that's kind of that's kind of where my my my. You know, it's deeper than that, but I'm saying that's where that, yeah. that's where that. And also, being a African-American kid growing up in a majority white neighborhood, we didn't have what other people had. You know what I'm saying? My mom and them mm-hmm. always tell me, if you want stuff in life, Ed, you got to work for it. And it was kind of one of them situations, scenarios where it's like, I didn't, we didn't always have money to do extra things. We had enough to sustain us. You dig what I'm saying? And my mom always said, you might not have the best of things, but make the best of the things you have. So that's where I mean, you know, and then now, you know, that, oh, yeah, yeah. I, man, I, bro, I could write a book and have they're gonna do a movie about me eventually. Trust me. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, all these life lessons so far, you're you're taking 
you're finding your own self identity, mm-hmm. and then while you accept yourself, mm-hmm. you allow others to accept you for who you are. Absolutely, and you navigate that journey here and there with humor to bring brevity to a messed up situation oh. in life. Right, right. So, and with your comedy, do you find yourself also doing that, trying to provide people, fill people's cup well, this, with uh, joy? You, you got to, man, because that's like that. My granny always told me, kindness is his own reward. So that concept, like I said earlier about that, who better to give to receive? You're like, but I like to get things too. Well, when you give of yourself and give of yourself wholeheartedly and it's a good thing, no matter where I go or where I'm at, I'm shining, man. And that's God. That ain't really me. But I'm just a vessel that's carrying the good. But when you know you come and bring good, people look forward to that, man. My grandpa and them, I used to say, and my uncle and them, I remember him quote this and quote that, that you, your reputation should perceive you. And I was like, hell, that's supposed to mean. Like, if you knew I was coming to interview with you and you knew who I am, you're like, oh, I'm going to have a good time. I'm at Eddie from the club here, have me cracking up, you know, telling me some silly stuff. Might get teary-eyed for a moment, but all in all, I know he's going to make me laugh because yeah, that's what course. Eddie P do. That's what it is. So when you know that what I am or who I am or what I bring to the table, then you look forward to that. And that's just what it's about, man. Like, it ain't, it's not easy, man. I try to tell people and anybody who listening to this and got to realize that if you're in a hard spot in your life and stuff like that, laughing ain't fixing everything, but it can fix those things like they say. Laughter don't add years to your life, but it adds life to your years. <laughs> there you go. It's true because, I mean, a uh, year ago today, man, I was working Ace Hardware, GameStop, uh, mm. Auto Parts Delivery. Mm. I, I lost my identity because I lost this career for three years because of COVID. Man. Now that I'm back in it, I'm doing the most. I'm Absolutely. doing the extra. Absolutely. Have you ever had that moment where you lost something you're very passionate about? I mean, my mom. Like, when my mm. mom passed, that was because, look, I'm going to tell you, I was, what was it? She passed in 2002. I got my first big break in comedy, man, like in 2004. Like, I got to go so on the road. years later. Yeah, and it was, but I drank myself down there to death, man. Like, for real, for real. I was Getting like. to that uh, two dude, years? I was, yeah, I was, dude, I was like, I mean, I had so much happen. I got a DUI. I mean, I, and I still was like, I'm still doing me. But you're still bringing humor to everybody else. I did, man, and that's the thing people don't get. Like, the, the thing that comedy, man, and D.L. Healy, I mean, not D.L. Healy, but Dion Cole just said this in his last special, man, at the end. when he At the end, Charlene's boy, I'm just giving a shout-out to my boy Dion Cole. That's my man's. He's like, y'all don't get as a comedian, we give so much of ourselves to make you laugh, but really it's hard for us to laugh because that's the thing. Me as a comic, it's hard for me to take jokes sometimes. I'm like, I ain't in the mood for that crap right now, but I'm always trying to make other people laugh. But when someone try to make you laugh, it seems like that humor is just dry and it ain't the right time when it come off. And they just like, you trying to be funny, but really is you making fun of me or you trying to laugh with me or at me? You know what I mean? And that's the thing what you were saying, like how you got to fine tune that because it's like me. My humor did come from a dark place, but as you get older and mature and matriculate through life and start to adapt, then you realize... That was so long ago. Why do I even need to poke that bear anymore? You know what I'm saying? Because you keep poking the bear, you're going to come out the woods scratching, clawing, and biting. Mm. So it's like after a while, it's like if it's something that's fresh that happened to you, yeah, I can get you taking that and making it this way. I used to be on the radio with Big D, Don Black, that used to be here at Power 92. And I used to come on, it was a little bit I used to do called What Grinds Eddie P's Gear. <laughs> and no matter what was on the front cover page of the Journal Star paper, I would make a joke about it. Even if it was bad, like somebody got shot, the lady time when the lady got her face tore off by the monkey gorilla, I will make it a tw- I'll make a twisted joke about it. And it worked. It worked. But the thing was, I lost as many fans as I gained because people are like, that ain't funny. 
I'm like, I'm not making fun of the lady and what happened. I'm making fun of the situation. So you take the thing as just like, look at it from this perspective. And then that's when they're like, oh, okay, I get it. And that's what we do, man. We take See, it. that's intriguing, though, because a lot of, we're now in an age, do you feel, where stand-up comedy is kind of a, oh, not a dying art form, but it, it's a restricted art form. Oh, like on the level where, okay, we have, we have the First Amendment that tells us we have the freedom of speech. Mm-hmm. I think I told you this joke before. If it wasn't you, someone that looked like you because you're Hispanic, my friend. <laughs> A buddy of mine was was a Russian foreign exchange student, and the teacher asked us, what's the most important amendment to you? And he was like, the Second Amendment. He was like, huh? The right to bear arms? Why not the First Amendment, freedom of speech, religion, and choice? No, they said, because if I got a gun, I can say what I want to say. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it's like perspectives, man. It's perspectives. Yeah, it it's like perspective. if, if you look at one way and the other person, he's from a country that was communist at one time. So it's like the guns... Who he he who has to go to the guns make the rules. Yeah, and that's and so and then with the gun violence and everything that's happening now, man, like you know, it's a taboo subject. And even with the whole LBGQ and the and the the uh, um, um, what am I leaving? Out? Black Lives Matter and all this other stuff, man. Even Latinx, I'll throw that in there. And, 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 and all and, these cats now they're every, super woke. Yeah. All, all, right, so called woke people. Is, so this is the thing. I don't want to assume or, or or try to throw any dirt or salt on anybody's situation scenario. It's things I've seen in life where I'm like, we should have been talking about this. Why are you just now making it a thing where people are finally getting together and saying, oh, because they make money off of all this stuff, man. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that they that is that's just what it is, but I'm saying if you pay attention to the scenarios and the situations and stuff, you notice that this happened and all of a sudden you got these black preachers and these people and all these people showing up and it's just like, but what about prior to this when we were supposed to have been together as people anyway? White, black, Chinese, Asian, don't make a difference, man. We all part of the one race, the human race. We all have our differences and similarities. We all have good, bad, and ugly in our lives. And some of the ugly is uglier than others, but once again, like I said earlier, your pain, I can't count your pain no worse or less, worse or less than mine. Yeah. Because if I say, oh, I was riding a bike when I was a kid, I fell down, skipped up my legs. You could have did the same thing. But maybe, you know what I'm saying, you, just, you fell on grass and got a little dirt on you. I fell on concrete. We both fell and got hurt. So I can't say your hurt was less or more than mine, depending on how you was raised to deal with pain. But so you it's learned like, different lessons. That's it, man. It's like the similar, similar situation. Right. Different lessons. That's it. And that's just and that's and so that with all this stuff that's happening right now, and then answer your question back with the comedy thing, yeah, it's a fine line that you're supposed to not cross or do cross, but people cross that line all the time anyway. Think about what you say in private compared to what you say when you've been professional. Oh yeah, that's like saying the group chat. Like, I have the group chat guy exposed. Yeah, it's a whole yeah. different thing. Yeah, you're you know like, man? wait, this how you feel about my uncle, man? Well, screw you too, Jack Wild. You know what I mean? So it's like, that's always. And you'd be like, oh, dang, I sent the text to the wrong person. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hey, cuz, you know I didn't mean to say that, man. <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. It was a fraudulent slip, but you meant to say this. You meant to say this. Now, Eddie, let me ask you this question, man. In regards to comedy, what do you find beautiful about the art form of comic? Or being a comic, doing stand-up, just finding humor in life. So, because that's what I do anyway, I take the the crazy stuff and try to twist it, flip it and stuff. It is the last free form of expressing oneself without a bunch of unnecessary bullcrap. Even though it's bullcrap there, but it's like I said, the poking bear theory. If you poke the bear, then expect the bear to come out one of these times eventually, because yeah. that's what's going to happen. And those bears is those woke people, LBG people, and... 
anybody that's anti whatever did you saying, you could take something to somebody saying mis- misconstrued the mess out of it easily. I could tell a joke where it's like, okay, so it's a joke about a kid going down a uh, high, uh, street and he got a um, lawnmower and mm-hmm. he comes up to the Catholic uh, church and he and he sees the preacher. He says, hey, man, you got something that we could trade or do you want to buy this? Because, you know, I'm just trying to make some extra money for summer. He said, well, son. Congregation been kind of low and tight and offer names what it used to be, but uh, come back to the shed with me. Now, automatically, if I say it's a Catholic joke, preacher, shed. People are, oh, where is he going with this? <laughs> you saw me put my head on like Right, right. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> but, that, but we know because of what's been told to us and what people actually experience that that's a, that's a thing. Like, oh, who are you talking about? So he goes to the shed and he says, son, I got this bike. Why don't we trade this bike? He said, okay, fine. Let me take her to spin around the block. Go ahead. He flies around the block, come back. Bike making all type of squeaky noises and all type of noise. He says, sir, I don't think it has any more speed left in. He said, wait, wait, son, wait a second. He goes in his road, pull out an oil can, squirt a little bit on tires on the chain stuff. Kid rides back around the corner, flies back around. <laughs> you know, you do the thing with yeah. the tire. He said, yeah, yeah, let's do the trade. That's great. This yeah, the bike does still have speed. He said, wait a minute now. You did a couple of loops around the block, and every time you did, I was trying to get this lawnmower to crank over. I just couldn't get it to start. He said, how do you get it to start? So I forgot to tell you, sir. You got to use swear words to get it to start. So whoa, wait a minute. I'm a man of the cloth. I don't speak like that. And it's been such a long time, I wouldn't know what to say anyway. He said, pull on the string long enough. You'll remember. <laughs> it's all about the story man the journey how you tell it delivery man it's everything if i'm in front of a bunch of catholic people they're gonna fall out their seats because when i joke hit the look hey it ain't that type of thing it's this thing if it's a majority black crowd they definitely gonna be like yeah you know what they be doing it's like you know it's like it's it's nuances of your crowd to what it is it's all about talking to somebody and letting them understand like like chappelle said i don't say mean things to be mean i say mean things because it's funny and it's all about perspective, man. You might think something funny. You might be like, that's disgusting. Why would you say something like that? Or if you were holier than thou, well, I'm a man of Christ and you. Come on, dudes. You wasn't, you wasn't born super Christian. Yeah. You know what I mean? We it all became, got our little Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you was, then, okay, I didn't mean to offend you. My bag. Let me think of something else to tell you. So you just got to know who you're talking to. And hopefully they understand that. I'm not trying to belittle you or down you or make anybody feel any kind of way. I'm just trying to get a chuckle. Yeah. Get a lot. Laughter is one of the best medicines other than sex, bro. You did <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Straight up, Food man. the third one. Absolutely. Right? Hell yeah. Oh, you, you can, get fed in all yeah, the Yeah, yeah buddy. Yeah, but, and if you have a little food and a little good sex, <laughs> man, you're going to laugh when you're done. Like, yeah, baby, that was good. <laughs> I was on the TV. You just today. don't want her to laugh during the sex. <laughs> <laughs> Who are some comics growing up? Oh, I mean, of course, on. we got Richard Pryor. Absolutely. I mean, hands down. I got birthday just passed. Absolutely. I put a, put a big post up about that on the book. So out of, out of my Mount Rushmore of comedy, hands down, Richard Pryor going to be on there. George Carlin is my man. George Carlin That's was my man. That's my man. He took such surreal on a whole, commentary. On a whole nother level. I got to put D.O. Healy because he the first Hollywood connection I had that's been cool with me since, man, back in 2004. I'm Smart still, cat, too, Still man. got oh, on a whole nother level. Smart cat. And then if I'm going to go black, white, black, white again, last but not least, I got to give love to my man. It's a guy lately that I just kind of, like, got real deep with. I mean, of course, Steve Martin and Chevy Chase and all those dudes, but... I think it's Neil Brennan or whatever, the guy that's the co-writer oh, for Chappelle's yeah. show. Now, not to take Chappelle and none of them out of there because those are more modern-day superheroes. Of course, Chappelle and if I had to have multiple people I put on there, but like old school, like I said, that 
Brennan kid, that dude, he, man, he a whole nother level, man. I've been listening to his stuff lately, like, dude, a genius, man. He yeah. a weirdo genius, man, straight <laughs> up, man. But, but yeah, so. But you got to be in comedy. You got to oh, have dude. that weird perspective. Oh, absolutely. You got to find your own lane yeah, as your, as yeah, your stepfather yeah, told you. Yeah, yeah. Stand out. Yeah, that's And then it. you'll be accepted. And that's, well, sometimes you don't even get accepted because, the thing is, they want to put you in. They want to put you in a category. Everybody want to put you in a category, Everybody man. Do. They want to put you in. Sometimes when you get out of that, that's, that's what you say. Yeah, I guess you're right. They do eventually learn to accept you because you know what I'm saying. That just kind of high. It comes with the territory. Well, some will, some won't. Let's put it that way. Well, yeah. I mean, if someone wants to put you in a category, that's them mirroring their own mm-hmm. insecurities. Like, mm-hmm. oh, if I did that, this is how I would be uh, looked at. Mm-hmm. But it's not you. You coming in to get some brevity, some some lightheartedness. Mm-hmm. Now it's interesting that you brought up Dion Cole because I was watching. I was watching the special, right? That's I was nice. watching. But at the end, there was a very surreal moment. Man. And it ties back to your story. Yeah. And we could cut it if you don't want to get too nah, serious. that's cool. But he talked about how losing a parent changes you completely. It, it do, man. And like I said, when my we mom. We're going to get there one day. It's something I, that I, I'm fearing. And, and I got, I had it way early in life because I was in my 20s when my mom passed. My mom been gone 20 years ago. I'm 48 right now, so I would have been like uh, 28, I guess. I was just either turning or something. My birthday in February, I think she passed in April or it was like around Easter time because it was the last Easter I had with her, and I just got my first little special and stuff. I went to BT, come to the stage, and a couple other. Was it the one in Chicago, Zanies, Nelson Joe? Something, man. I went to one of the. I was finally finna get like some televised stuff where I'm like, yeah, I'm making it. I'm doing my thing. And it's funny because my ex wife and all my kids and all that was at the at the Easter get together with my granny, and my mom made us all take a picture together. And I'm like, ain't no friend with this, bro. Yeah, I was on that still. I was still on that. And she's like, no. And I didn't know that was the last time I was gonna celebrate with her. You know what I'm saying? So, God working, man. Oh, ways. dude, always, man. So we, we got together and everything. And I remember I had this routine called F-U-C-K. Now, each letter of the word, I break it down and tell you, like, why the word is an acronym, an adjective, a verb, and all that stuff, a noun. It's all those things in the book. So, like, if you're stuck in the woods, you'd be like, man, where the f- am I? You know, it's like a it's a whole routine. And my grill, I never say the word, but you know what I mean because I end the sentence. And then at the end, I said, well, if y'all don't laugh, I really don't give a. And then, the, and then someone in the crowd will always say it back. I'm like, yeah, what he said, you know. I didn't say it. He said it. It was hilarious. But my grandma and we, it's Easter, dude. They're watching this, and she's like, baby, you don't got to say stuff like that to make people laugh. You was funny, but you don't got to talk like that. So now I got that devil and angel on my shoulder. And every time I'm going to do a routine, it's older people. I'm thinking my grandma, baby, you don't got to. So I had to pull back. And that's those things, man, like stuff like that where, with my mom being gone, man, I drank prior to that because me drinking before I went on stage was like the thing that kind of settled me, got me kind of where I mentally was like. Then my brother and a couple other people was like, oh, you don't got to be drinking like that because I used to get toe up. And then I'd get up there halfway, forget my routine because I'm, man, people think I'm joking, but I was drunk. You know what I'm saying? You just free flowing. Yeah. So it's just like, and it became, I started watching some of the headliners and the big dogs. And I used to notice they didn't drink until after the show. Yeah, because people want to bring them drinks up in the middle of the set and all that other stuff. And if you on, excuse me, if you on a on a roll, they're gonna be like, "Hey, get up another one, get up another one." And then eventually, when I started to go out and travel other places, my drink of choice was Long Island iced tea. You, man, you had two of them. You can cancel Christmas. You know what I'm saying? It's over. You ain't making it to the New Year's party. So when they bring me the second one, I told the guy, make it only Coke because it looked like Coke anyway. And I'm sipping on it slowly and making it seem like a whoo, that was a good one, but it's just Coke. 
and I had to play it off because that was part of a bit where I was like, I'm acting like I'm getting sloshy. Like, what was I talking about? And someone in the crowd was like, man, you were saying big boo white girls. I'm like, yeah, you know that taking that one time. And, you got my attention. Man. Yeah, yeah. And your girl got some of those. And they be like, oh, right on, bro. And it's stuff like that, man, playing yeah. off the crowd and stuff. So when my mom uh, left us, uh, she uh, she had a hysterectomy, and then two weeks later, she passed from a pulmonary embolism, a blood oh. clot. So I remember talking to my mom on the phone on a Wednesday, and the thing that really messed with me the most about this, and like I said, you go, we can go there. So everybody got to see my mom pass, see her before she passed but me. She was in Chicago the last 10 years of her life. So she was in the hospital. I remember talking to her on the phone, oh. and I was like, uh, Mom, I'm going to take this weekend off. I'm going to come up. She said, I'm okay, baby. You don't got to take no time off. Everything be fine. I'll heal up in a few days. You just get When you get your next off day, come see me. That was the last conversation I had with her. So well, it was people, a pleasant one. I said, people do something, you know, burn up hospital down. You know what I mean? That's where my mind went. And I was just kind of like, and then when I got the phone call, my first cousin slash brother, that's how we grew up, Cornell Parker, he called me and he don't cry. This dude, tough as nails. He ain't been through, you know, you name it, man. He actually got locked up for a while. And that's kind of what changed me. It made me kind of change my thinking and stuff. But it was like, again, one of those perspective things where it's like, he was gone, and then but when he came home, he was like a different dude. You know what I'm saying? He joined the Nation of Islam. You know what I'm saying? He had a whole different perspective of how he looked he at life. He it up. Uh, absolutely. And, so, <laughs> and we was raised Christian, so it ain't nothing against that. You know, I understand the concepts and principles and the ideologies of what it is, and, and more power to him. You know, he a better man because of what he did. Good. So he called me, and he the one that called me and said, man, you need to get over to Grandma's house. Mom passed. It's his auntie, because his mom and my mom is sisters. And so... Uh, he said, and I said, what? And I kind of paused and I'm listening to what he's saying. He started crying. I was like, something, this, I thought something was wrong with our grandma. And I ran outside. I never forget this. Where I was standing at the time, it was one of those benches, wooden benches. And I threw that mud in the backyard, splintered to a million pieces. And I got in the car. I was furious. Throw it out of my grandma's. Everybody boo-hoo. Got to go to Chicago because that's where she was at. Got up there. And it didn't seem real until they pulled her body out of that thing. And I looked at my sisters and them breaking down. And they falling all over the place. And boo-hooing, boo-hooing. I didn't cry, man. At all. It was like, I'm. You just internalize it all. Yep, yep. Like I always do everything else. And then it wasn't time to make no jokes. None of that was in my mind. I was just like, this, the darkest, saddest, worst possible case scenario in your life, losing your loved one, a person that you, the most person you love the most, the person it that birthed you. you completely. Absolutely. So then, when we was at the funeral, because my daughter, that's 27 now, she was a little girl. So 20 years ago, she was like five, six, seven years old. I remember she had a ring, a gold ring that was a P for Parker. She took it off. She came over to me. I was boohooing because it hit me at the funeral like everything, man. My uncle came over to me. I started confessing stuff that I'm not that time that girl's house. She was in the house. I'm just, my uncle like, hey, she knew these things. It ain't that she didn't know. He kind of patted me on the shoulder. My daughter came up. She said, Daddy, can I put this ring in Grandma casket? And she put it on her hand. And I looked down. I kissed her, picked her up. I wanted to sit down. And then it was just like everything kind of got quiet. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's doing the music and all the stuff they do and stuff for the funeral. And I started realizing, like, dang, this is real. Yeah. And I was, man, first time I lost somebody like that close to me that was just like it didn't. Mom was only 45, man. And it's just like from that point on, as I start to progress in life and things start happening, I started thinking like, damn, am I going to die young? You know what I mean? That's the type of stuff that start to kick in your brain. So your perspective man. is now evolving. Yeah, buddy. So take me through that moment. Like you, you had one train of thought, right? Yep. Right before your miles passed. Yep. You have this entire image of the world. The yep. way you view it, your humor is probably going to change. Oh, as you transition into this new mindset, you're going through your trauma. 
you're trying to figure out your self-identity now as you lost someone that was very pitiful to it. Yeah. Like, when I lost my grandma, man, I I was drinking. Yeah, I was smoking. I was doing yeah, it all. Yeah. I was trying to find a way to repair something mm-hmm. that you can't. Nah, you can't. So and how does your mindset change through all this, man? I, I'm, for at first, like I said, the first two major years, I was drinking my butt off. We even got DUI, like I said, in 2004. It was two years out. Still was drinking and didn't care. You know what I'm saying? And I you're still st- on stage, too? Still on stage, doing my thing, getting tore from the flow up. And I'm like, got that I don't give a F mentality. Because I'm like, not that I was a gangster like that, but I'm like, I was just like, your mama jokes wasn't funny no more. You know what I'm your saying? Your heart got harder. Yeah, buddy. It was like that. And then all of a sudden, I was at my lows of lows. I got tore up one time, man. And. My brother and them took pictures of me, like, passed out in the bathroom in my drawers. You know what I'm saying? Just, like, on some... Because I was just mad at the world. I ain't give a care type stuff. You know what I'm saying? And then it became a reality that you tripping, dude. You a martial artist. You done discipline your body, mind, and spirit to be one of the baddest humans on this planet. And this is what you're going to do because your mom gone. And so then the God factor kicked in. Or my faith and stuff and that stuff. And I was just mm-hmm. like, yeah, this ain't right. You know this ain't right. You need to knock it off. Is that when you stopped drinking before and, a show? And then that's when I shut that all down. He was like, because I noticed how I didn't cuss on stage. I do every once in a while, but, I mean, I cut all that stuff out. I start changing it and making it more about I need to tell stories to let people understand that we all go through trials, tribulations in life, and these are the stories I grew up hearing and these things that I remember and understood, and this is what's going to make people understand who Ed Parker is. <laughs> and I didn't get that because for me being a bodyguard for famous people and being a security officer and all that, I serve the community all the time. So the town knows me, but a lot of people know me as the ha-ha funny man. They don't know the guy that drop kick you in the middle of next week. You they know, know ADP. Absolutely. So but they that, don't know Ed Parker. No, at all. And then when they see Officer Parker and they like, wait a minute, man, you man, you a bad dude. I'm like, thank you, peace be with Watch you. Watch your mouth. That's yes. shit. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. So I, I think so far we've been understanding who Eddie P is. Absolutely. So what's something you want the community to know about Ed Parker? That uh, believe in God and lock your doors, like my grandma always said, because everybody <laughs> don't believe in God. <laughs> oh, my man. But, like, I, on, a, on, a, on a serious note, right? You're an individual. Mm-hmm. You're a man who's been through trauma. Yes, sir. You've lost a very important person to who you are, essentially. You found your way past out of the trauma. You worked through it. You found God. When it's all said and done, what do you want people to know of Ed Parker? Like, what do you really want them to just know? As as a security officer for for this for this town and somebody that's connected with law enforcement and and a person that of color because it is what it is got to be one hundred about that. I'm not white, so I, hi, I'm not a Caucasian. You're not brown, no, <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not mocha. You know. Well, I hit my nose. No, right, right. <laughs> so, no, but but like you said, more on the serious side. I want the youth definitely because we have to pay it forward, man. You got to bless other people to be able to be blessed. And my faith is a very, very strong aspect of who I am, what I am. And I'm here to help, not hurt. And that's the hardest thing to try to convince kids that's been hurt most of their life, man. It is. And that's 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 my take on it. That's what people I want. And when people see me, I want them to know and feel protected. You know, feel and understand that I'm, I'm here to make sure you're safe, man. By all means necessary. You see me run, you better run with me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But seriously, though, I, I, I'm I'm here to help, not to hurt, man. Do you and feel I, like you're given that protection that you may have not had growing up? It, and, then, you know, the deeper I think about, sometimes it was things I was like, man, because my wife is like real deep into that therapy stuff. And she said things like it was things that happened to you that 
your parents and other people should have been responsible for, but you end up getting put in that adult parenting role because that's kind of what happens, man, in communities when you got multiple kids and stuff like this, and you get we get parentified when parentified should I say when when we we shouldn't we supposed to be a kid you ain't get to be a kid because I had to do this and I had to do that and but also I don't think it it didn't make me a bad person because overall I understood that like, well, I'm going to make sure I don't do this or do this when I'm a, an adult and I'm going to make sure I don't do this or do that when I'm adult. And guess what? We still make those mistakes. Of course. We, we all do, man. It's part of the human process, being human, man. You're going to go through the ups and downs, the good and the bad and the ugly. And that's pretty much. And like I say, man, I talk so much about myself and joking around all the time where it's like, I know people are going to always think that's who I am, the jokey, jokey guy, but I've been I've been accepted in multiple martial arts Hall of Fames. Yeah, let's won, talk about that. I've won so many martial arts contests and competitions. I train fighters, UFC fighters. I've trained people that's that's been on all walks of life. I got, man, it's so many people I got to touch because of the art, man. I done met martial arts heroes of mine from Black Belt magazines. I have to see you sign the pictures and stuff, but Bill Superfoot Wallace known me by first name basis. Uh, I done met Chuck oh, Norris before. I done met... Uh, Mr. Chuck Norris yeah, himself? Yeah, yeah. Look, Bruce, <laughs> Bill Superfoot Wallace is one of his instructors. He taught Elvis and a whole bunch of other guys. Like, yeah, really? man. Yeah, Grandmaster Jim Thomas is one of the guys that's the founder of the U.S. Martial Arts Hall of Fame. I got my first induction in 2012 as a Hungar Kung Fu Master of the Year or something like that. And, um... I mean, it changed my life, man. My uncle got inducted five years prior in 2007. That's the one Grandmaster Parker taught me. He's really not a talker. So what ended up happening was when he got his induction, I went and spoke for him. And I was like, man, this is something that's been a long time coming. My uncle, you know, he just, my uncle taught us out of a garage. He didn't teach us in no studio. He had studios where he taught and did stuff at the YMCA and stuff like that. And I was always one of his assistants and stuff. But he teaches at the Dream Center now, giving back to the youth and stuff like that. I got students from my school that's on the Netflix special, uh, uh, Cobra Kai. You was telling me that. Yeah, yeah, so my nephew, Keith Camp, has been active for the past six, seven years. He's actually working on a project for Marvel right now. I need to talk to him. Yeah, yeah so, I yeah, met yeah, him so, and Titus yeah. Whitus. Absolutely. I at the same time, yep. so I got to so bring Keith him He's been on. doing private, private security bodyguard work for me for about 10, 15 years, man. We've been with everybody. You name all these rappers, these kids, G Herbo, M.A.L. Choppa, Chief Keith. All of them. All of them, dude. All these dudes, they, they, I, I met them on a first hand. They call me Uncle Eddie. Everybody, that's kind of what my nickname is in the industry, the bodyguard industry. That's Uncle Eddie. He, man, he, they know. They know. So fresh, do. Eddie P. Yep. Uncle Eddie. That's it, man. That's so it. What are some things you're doing giving back to the community right now? With so the uh, it's funny that you say that. It's a good friend of mine. She just lost her husband to cancer, if I'm not mistaken. Condolences to you she, and yours. Uh, she is Miss Kathy. Her, she's one of the, the administrators and evangelists for a, a group called Heaven's View. She just reached out to me. It's like, I lost your number. Thank God I found it. Uh, we got our annual Christmas party. Can you come and talk to the kids? We asked who y'all want for a guest speaker. The first person they said, bring Officer Parker back. You know, I was just like, oh, cool. So I looked at the schedule and I said, I would love to come and speak to him and just kind of give him a rundown because it's funny because my uncle Akbar Bryson has a program, a new millennium program, and it's called a last chance program for high school and colleges, high school. High school for people transition to college, and it's like kids that kind of got through some mischiefs and they got to get their final credits, and it's like a program they, excuse me, set up just for them to do this. And so I came and spoke. And a lot of times he like, don't wear a uniform or nothing, but have your badge on the neck and say tuck it, right? So I come in and he tell them who I am. I pull it out and you can tell dudes like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He'd be like, nephew, tell him what you do. I said, man, I travel through bodyguard work for people all over the United States. I say, who your favorite rapper? He'd be like, NBA young boy. I'd be like, 
I was just with him. I was was just with him like six, seven months ago, a year or so ago. That's when you get their attention. And then they be like, "Wait, who? What? You got? You guys know my man? What's up? Show them video behind the scenes, all that stuff." So it went from nobody ain't talking to no security, no officers and stuff like this to, "Wait, you met who?" And it's just kind of like, "Wow, you're influenced by the weirdest things." But okay, it's all good. I can get it. But that's how you speak to them. And then that's when I start. So I start to communicate with them, let them know. I'm born and raised in the same town just like you guys are. And if you surround yourself with like-minded people, not doing things ain't got no business like-minded because everybody's going to have those trials and tribulations too. But the more you stay around positive people, most likely not that's the positive influence that you'll get in return, then you can do the same thing I did. It's anything's possible, but it all goes right back to the martial arts because it teaches discipline, respect, admiration. You bow before a person in front of you to humbly bow before them to say, I want to exchange knowledge with you. Would you please exchange knowledge with me? It's not about it's not about bowing. It's my master and you obey me and all that. That's one part of it because you show respect because the word sensei means the one who did it before you. Sifu, that's the father instructor stuff. That's the Chinese version. You know, it's different instructors on different levels where it just means this is the person who learned these things before you. And the saying goes as such. The master has failed more times than the beginner has even tried. This is true. So that's my take on it, man. Peace above all things. That's what our hand gestures mean. I love that, Peace. man. And that's kind of what it put me in those perspectives where my stage name is Eddie P, the Kung Fu comic. Not Kung Fu, Kung Fu. Kung Fu. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah so. But I mean, you, you help the rich community with humor. Mm-hmm. You teach them self-defense mm-hmm. and self-acceptance. Yep. And also just how you're teaching them important life lessons. Yes, sir. What do you want the community to get back to you, if anything? I want a statue, you know what I'm saying? Just like Richard <laughs> right Cross. Next to Richard. Yeah, yes, yeah, Richard with me then a martial arts thing. Like, touch it if you want right to, sucker. Is that a brown statue or is that a black guy? <laughs> I, you know what? I'm going to tell you, like I say back what we mentioned on earlier, how Granny used to always say, it's like better to give than receive, man. Kindness is his own reward. And I've been reaping from the rewards of giving since I understood what it was to do. And so, I like I said, like anything else, man, of course we want to have nice things and we want to have financial stability and stuff like that. I just want people to understand and realize that, man, we are all in this town and community and we got to live here together no matter what your financial situation is, no matter what your upbringing is and stuff. People don't get that, but like, even the kids that do bad or do good, it's going to affect you one way or another sooner or later, man. It all comes around. What they say, whatever's done in the dark, come out in the daylight. So I just want people to know and understand for me, I'm going to do everything in my power to serve and to protect as often as much as I can and give as much as I can, because I start to realize now and understand. I say this quote a lot. Energy and time is your currency. When you get to my age, energy and time is your currency. And if you go, you got to be sparingly who you share it with because you only got so much, man. Yeah. And once it's gone, then I see you on the other side. You ever feel drained? Yeah, I do. How do I you handle that? I, I, my wife gave me a couple kisses, feed me something good, <laughs> fill me up. You know what I'm saying? Feed you with some TLC. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's like whatever you give is what you're going to give. And she mm-hmm. knows. She a tough side. Oh, babe. You know, she could tell. People who are close to you and understand you and love you. They could tell. My language sometimes changes, and I'm kind of a little less patient than I would be normally. And I try not to take that stuff to work because my job is to observe and report and make sure people ain't doing things. So you can get kind of like, ah, this motherfucker, boy, they say one more thing. Um, You just got to dial it back, man, because I'm a human, they human. And, you know, people make mistakes. And if you understand that I didn't cause this problem or situation, I'm just here to try to fix it. Yeah. 
That's it, man. That's I mean, that could go hand in hand with everything you do. Whether it's uh, security, whether it's kung fu, whether it's comedy. Yes, sir. You're not here to fix it. You're just here to kind of talk about it and just yep. show you the light of it. Yep. So what's that feeling like being on stage when you got an entire crowd in the palm man, of your hand? Man, come dude? on, man. Tell me about this. Man, so look, so. Because like an entire crowd, if you got them up and down, busting, crying, they with you. You get that standing O at the end of the night. That's How's that, that feel? That's that thing, like I said, kindness is its own reward. When you give that energy and you get it back, man, that's like a, you know what I'm saying? Eighth grade. <laughs> Do you like, find it hard to come down after that? I, my wife put me back in perfection. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's it. Yes. <laughs> hey, man, brother, absolutely. <laughs> Sit down. You're in at eight. I need you at a two. <laughs> that's what she's saying. <laughs> what are some things uh, you feel you have left to accomplish? Mm. Whether it's comedy, kung fu, protecting community, whether it's nonprofit, because I know you got a lot of events that you're doing. Yeah. Um, but what's left for Edward Parker? I don't know, man. I mean, just like meeting people like you and stuff, you know what I'm saying? Knowing that there's there's always a need. There's always a need. So as long as God give me breath of life, I'm going to always try to share sparingly with the people who need it the most, man. And I think that's just what it is. The youth is the future. I remember when they told me that, and I'm like, it's going to be a dark future then. <laughs> you know? <That's> <laughs> I like Transformers <laughs> and G.I. Joe. You know what I'm saying? I ain't thinking just about... just a regular Joe. Yeah, I ain't thinking about no other people, man. But then when you get out of that selfish mindset of, it's not about you you know what i'm saying it's never about you because whatever it is that you are who you are will come to the front of the light when you do god's will that's it man mm. that's it it's walk in light and reap the rewards if so absolutely and you see i'm one of those brothers too so I'm, yeah i got my protection right yes here, sir yes sir <laughs> got to man so when you when you a keeper of the light man you got to let your light shine and, and the thing is good and bad wants a part of that light that's just the thing because some people want to take what you're doing, try to misconstrue it. Oh, remember when he did this? Remember when he was back in the days? Like, yeah, I did those things, but that was like 30, 40 years ago. You've evolved. Absolutely. What have you done since I've done that? Because you're trying to pinpoint something that I did that wasn't right, but I ain't did nothing like that in God knows how long. Move around, man. We all grow. Absolutely. We're supposed to. You hope so. Well. You know, Getting old <laughs> is a privilege that many barely gets to do. You heard that new uh, Nas King's Disease 3? I think uh, I heard one Once of the, a man, one, twice a child. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But now it's yeah. talking about how we've evolved, we yeah. change, and we regress yep. at the end of the world. Yep. So as you're along this journey, put the most positivity that you can out and impact the community as best as possible. That's it, man. Oh, man. That's it, Yo, man. believe it or not, we've been here for like an hour and 20. What? That quick. Yeah. Oh. Every time this happens, I don't know why. Every episode, I look at the time, it's always like an hour 20, and I tell the same person the same thing. They're like, what? How? Why? But you know what, Ed, man? I appreciate you coming in, dude. I, I think we need to do this again for sure. Um, before we head out, any last thing you want the community to know about you? I'm done talking about me, man. My wife going to hear this and like, that was very narcissistic to stuff. You know, I'm just nah, kidding. I'm it's kidding. not because you know what? We're here to understand community members. This is the KZ Community Beat where the spotlight's on people, but not just what you're doing. It's who you are, what made you who you are. You're a local kid yes, that sir. found success. Absolutely. And took the trauma, took the loss of a loved one, mm -hmm. and found a way to repair his life and try to put a, fill the cup of everybody else. That's true. That's not narcissistic. That's just the reality of life. You I'm teasing. I, mean? I just be, nah, list, I I be listening to my goddess because she be like, this memory, you you, 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 uh, you uh, reflect us. 
But you have a good soul to you. You can tell. You're warm. Absolutely. I mean, from the minute I met you to now, it's all warm energy. Yes, sir. It's good personality. Yes, sir. That's because it's hot in here, too. I don't know what y'all got to eat the temperature, bro. Because I'm Mexican. I like it warm. That's it. Ain't nothing wrong with that. That's what's up. Before we head out. What do you think is a song that describes your journey so far? Man, I knew you was going to ask that. And I'm a, and it's going to probably rub some people the wrong way, but R. Kelly, I believe I could fly. <laughs> that will rub some Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I didn't touch those <laughs> people inappropriately. That was him. Hey, that man, that was a bang of a track way before we found out what happened. <laughs> right, you right, right. I, mean? I like the music. I don't know about the man like that. That ain't, that ain't my cousin, dog. I think he was a vice lord anyway. I don't mess around with right, the guy. Yeah, <laughs> I yeah. say all of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Ad Parker, Fresh, uh, Eddie P. Yes, sir. Uh, Kung the Fu Kung Fool comic. Fu comic. Uh, if anybody wants to look up anything you're doing, how can they get in contact Facebook, with you? man, I think it's Instagram, Seafood, Ed Parker, Eddie Parker, something like that. I think my daughter and them got me on Snapchat. I don't know, man. I, they, <laughs> man, they be like, Dad, you got to evolve. I'm like, I don't care about no thumbs up and likes, man. Whatever. You just here to do. Put out. You, if you like me, you like me. If not, man, peace be with you. That's it. That's all, man. And that's how we can end it. All right. This has been another episode of KZ1023's Community Beat. I'm Ross Martinez. My guest this time. Ed Parker. Thank you. Eddie P. Appreciate you. The Kung Fu comic. Yes, sir. And fresh. fresh. <laughs> All right. Go back, check out the other episodes. We appreciate you. Peace out.